podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to the Friday show on Monday. Uh, my name is Mo Stewart, I'm hosting and we've got a nice tight group around this table today. I've got Dan Austin and Adam Media alongside me and we're going to be talking through uh, the new phenomenon which is a midweek round of the FA Cup. The fifth round of the FA Cup is going to be played in its entirety from Monday to Thursday. Um, it's something that's been mooted. Adam, I'll start with you, since you actually read the agenda. Yeah. Boy. Um, it's something that's been mooted for a while. Uh, another way of using the FA Cup to try and make everyone else's schedule a little bit easier. There's been a lot of talk about the loss of tradition from having the weekend games, but we have League Cup games in midweek. Uh, a lot of the other leagues across Europe have midweek cup games. I mean... Does it make a difference to you that it's midweek or are you actually looking forward to just having another midweek of football? I'd never even really considered it. Um, I, I hadn't really realised that the FA Cup didn't happen in midweek. It's a funny thing, isn't it, the FA Cup? It's sort of, it wants to be more old-fashioned than everything else. And I think that's sort of what, what it kind of holds itself back mm. somehow weirdly. And I think um, it... It's not, it's, it isn't different to any other type of football. It's still footy <laughs> games, isn't it? Um, and I, I, so I think basically, I, I, I'd never even really particularly thought that they was it was a the FA Cup was was always a weekend thing. I do. I mean, the, the problem is is that those 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 big weekends have all they've all really gone. Uh, they, it feels like they even the ones where the third and fourth round. It's too spread out anyway. Uh, it's fit for it to for it to feel like it used to, and that is a shame because it did used to feel brilliant. You know when everybody was playing on third and fourth round day on that on on those big big Saturdays, like you know the two thousand and one is the one that always sort of seems to stick in my head when we played Leeds away and then Tramir knocked out Everton. It's like it's long it's a long time. It's like, strange that you remember that. Yeah, no, it's like sort of you know thinking of the golden age. I think Leeds not Man United out same weekend, but um, so yeah, I, I'm 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 sort of. I'm all right with it. I think it, it makes it feel like a, a Champions League week, doesn't it? Mm. Which is, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I couldn't speak for Derby fans or Sheffield Wednesday fans, but maybe they feel a bit like that as well, that they've suddenly got these midweek big fixtures that feel a bit, you know, almost like it is that they're they're kind of in, in, the, in the, the upper echelons in the Champions League. So, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'm not going to the match. And the problem with midweek games is mainly for the people who go and they have to get back at four in the morning. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching it on telly and it's fine. This does feel very much like a, a, a viewer's, a home viewer's kind of set up then as opposed to, as Adam was saying, one for match going fans, particularly when you add into the fact that all eight games are going to be streamed in some way, either on BT Sports website, on EE Mobile, I think it is, or there's even going to be some going out on Facebook. So... I mean, maybe they're trying to bring the FA Cup into the new century and bring it into all these new different people's homes. How do you feel about it? Um, I'm all right with it because I'm, I I don't really care very much about the FA Cup in general, to be honest. I'm I'm glad that they've kind of acknowledged that it's a bit, not not, not second rate in, in that sense, but it's playing second fiddle more mm. to the league now because they know that everyone's more bothered about that. Even the championship teams, by and large, only want to either stay in their division or go up. Um it, it, it's good that they're trying to modernise it. The issue is that they've done it 20, 25 years too late. The, the, the Champions League point that Adam's just made there is interesting because um, UEFA modernised the Champions League at the right time and were able to commercialise it and are able to own midweek football. Um, and everyone looks forward to every round of the Champions League. Now, even even, even small group games that, that you and I might not necessarily be asked about 
people around the world really are, mm-hmm. and they look forward to just seeing Real Madrid play Barta Borisov, even though that's an entirely one-sided tie, loads of people will watch it. Yeah. And they're already working on ways to, to get even more money from that and even more power from that. And the FA is just trying to do it well too late. I don't like the way they act like model arbiters of football, like they're the upholders of the old traditions and standards, when really, you know, they, they, they've still had it sponsored by... Um, an alcohol company, and they've still got into bed with with gambling companies and whatever else, and you, and all of the tournaments do that. Just the FA did it really badly, and everyone else was better <laughs> at it than them. Because really, the FA in the nineties, if they if they'd have decided, or in the two thousands or whatever, because they're going to tell you what, let's change the FA Cup quite significantly, quite bravely. Let's play it always on, say, a Wednesday night or a Thursday mm-hmm. night, and let's make sure that we have a place in modern football where everyone watches it and people from other countries watch it as well. Because now it, it just feels like a bit of a weird jog international break in a sense, especially with the teams that aren't in it anymore mm-hmm. in the in, in the Premier League when you've got weeknights where they're just not playing, some of the teams are, but they're not necessarily that bothered. I think they've just not looked after it very well at all, and, and, and these things to change it. Yeah, suit us, suit the Premier League, suit, suit us trying to get further in the Champions League and whatever, but it doesn't actually help the value of, of the FA Cup. I mm-hmm. think we're all we're all interested in the FA Cup this season because Liverpool are very good. We'd like to win the treble. We're not asked about winning the FA Cup, if that makes sense, even, yeah, though, yeah. They, even though they go together. The FA Cup is the worst bit of the treble. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it would be, but you need to win it. To, <laughs> to win do the treble. The treble. <laughs> yeah. It's technically part of it there. And I quite like the idea that they're broadcasting it on Facebook because a lot of the things that you said about the FA Cup was a bit true about Facebook as well, aren't they? It's a bit rubbish now. Yeah, <laughs> but to be fair, that's actually a really clever thing to do. If they put yeah. it out for free, La Liga's been doing that in India, um, which I'm fascinated by because it means that they're sort of they're, they're looking at the long term future of their mm. brand and going well okay yeah. lots of people in this country probably can't afford to pay a subscription for our league at the minute so let's give it to them for free let's get them hooked on it effectively it to them for, so, so and then when that, they can afford to pay when that economy is developed in 20 years they will pay for it so they're looking after their brand in a more long term mm. way that the FA should have been doing for a long time well, the, so the one it. good thing that I mean I don't know I don't know really how much I've, I, 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 I think I'm, I'm, I like the FA Cup a bit more than Daniels by the sound of it but one of the things that's great about it is that it's on the BBC. You know, it's free, whatever channel yeah. it's on. It's free to air TV, which I'm, I'm big. I, I think if sport, if any sport is not ever available free to air, it eventually will die. I, 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 I well, it's done that big... with the Six Nations today. Haven't yeah. they actually yeah. put it behind a paywall? And hopefully that, that means will... that yeah. rugby will die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and I have different feelings on that one. I think I'll probably agree with you that that is probably going to happen. The strange thing about it, though, is we were talking about how appealing these games really are, is that... For the first time in what seems like years, all of the big teams are still in it. I mean, you look at, um, there's eight of the top 10 currently in the Premier League who are still in the FA Cup at this point. Then you've got the team that's top of the championship. You've got Portsmouth who are actually fighting for the League One title. So there are lots of teams. But what this also means is that you get into a situation where teams are really thinking how important in our season is an FA Cup run. I mean, mm. you mentioned it before, Dan, the, the teams are, are starting to see league form as being so much more uh, important. Mm. But there are a lot of teams here, I'm thinking particularly those in the, the bigger teams in London, who now really only have this as their only silverware to get. So can you see the likes of them maybe taking it more seriously in terms of team selection, as well as just the obvious lip service? Um, they should do. It's interesting with Arsenal, especially, I think, because... 
the, the I mean they've still got a chance of finishing well fifth it is now isn't it um, technically <laughs> but it's it's unlikely I think because regardless of what everyone's fixtures are between now and the end of the season they've got so many teams just to overtake they've got to be better than about six five six teams something like yeah. that um, between now and the end and that's quite unlikely so yet this is their best opportunity of accomplishing something and it would um, buy Arteta a bit of um, good faith going into the summer and that kind of thing but we saw that it didn't work for Arsene Wenger did it no, they won it's, it's it ironic in a way isn't it that the, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, I wonder what the Arsenal fans' opinion of it is because yeah. they were almost unanimously saying it's not enough. It yeah, whereas now if they is. if they argue that it that it is enough, is that just because football fans are fickle and things change over time? I mean, there are different stages in their career. Maybe Arteta mm. still is still finding his feet. That first trophy might's going to have a little bit more significance to him than others. But then, obviously, you can compare it and contrast with the situation at Spurs. Yeah. Whereas Mourinho is not looking for his first trophy. He's looking for an excuse or something to basically stop people looking at the fact that he's got no one to play up front. So from this perspective, they could say that, OK, a cup run, particularly because their cup run uh, at the moment, their cup record is abysmal. Mm. Spurs. They've mm. got, I think they've lost eight semi-finals in the FA Cup in a row. So getting over that hump might actually be more significant than it would be to us, some other teams. Maybe. I, I think it really... If if I if I'm trying to 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 see who it would mean the most to, I, I I think back to 2006 and Chelsea were running away with the league just like we're running away with the league and the FA Cup. Once we got we got knocked out by Benfica and we from the Champions League mm-hmm. and it was suddenly that was it was a that was a, a really brilliant thing to have a, to have a crack at and yeah. so I mean it, it it all sort of points to Man City taking it really seriously for me, which, is, <laughs> which is probably not what we want but nope. um, yeah so I, I, I but I do I do think with the, the if in, in seasons when it, when it, it's become a procession the league's become a procession it does it does sharpen the focus of everybody else mm-hmm. so yeah I would say that it that it will but um, we'll see we will see um, Arsenal are first up so let's drill down into them a little bit more obviously they had a rather big disappointment in midweek uh, going out of the Europa League to Olympiacos. Uh, they didn't have to play a Premier League game this weekend because they would have been playing away at Manchester City. So that's probably done them a bit of a favour. But we talk about Arteta and how his season is going to be assessed, Adam. In previous inclinations of Arsenal, they've used the FA Cup and domestic cups in general as a way to blood their youth. And there have been quite a few good young players who've been attracting attention to Arsenal this season. I think of Martinelli, Bukayo Saka, even Joe Willock. There's talk that the likes of uh, Reese Nelson will come into this game. They've also got uh, the Brazilian Pablo Mari, who has pretty much been confirmed that he's going to make his first start either from the bench or from the first team. Do you think using these youngsters, not just in the Cups, maybe in the Premier League, that's really what can give Arteta something to build on for next season? Something to keep the fans happy at least? It's hard to say, isn't it? And they're, they're, I just, I'm still, I'm still stunned every time I check and uh, how bad they are. Actually, you know, just that they've, they've been, they've been much poorer than than it feels weirdly, um, and that might just be because you, we, we're kind of in our heads giving them a bit of a new balance, a new manager, um, you know, a bit of leeway, and uh, you know, that they, they, they all do like Arteta. Um, and the other thing, I suppose, is that they've got tons of really good players, uh, mm-hmm. which is sort of going on to the second part of your question. It's it, they, they, they've they've got, I, I think, some really good players on the fringes. I think Martinelli's great. He was, you know, really really good at Anfield. Anyway, when we um, knocked them out of the, the other one, um, so yeah, I, I think I, I haven't. I don't think I've seen. 
Pablo Mari that that, that, you, that you mentioned, but um, it is it, it is a good a, a good um, way to, to to blood youngsters. But I don't know. I think I'd be just as much as I probably would say about Liverpool. I'd, you know, I'd be trying to trying to win. It's a, it's away games are never easy. <coughs> Portsmouth is not an easy place to go to. I haven't, uh, haven't watched them for a long time, but that is that is not an easy. Well, I can tell you, I Portsmouth are currently on a ten game winning streak at oh, home. Yeah. They've won 12 of the last 14 in the league. Obviously, Fratton Park is still Fratton Park. Dan, we talk about a team with massive confidence. Obviously, there's going to be a big gap in quality between them. They are still in League One. It's going to be tough to stop a 63-year-old Nicho Crenshaw on the streets of the field. And there will be a man ringing a bell. There will. <laughs> oh, he'll be there. We know he'll be there. And imagine how putting that might be. <laughs> and that mad fella in the stands, Mr. Portsmouth, he'll be there too. I think that's the same man. Is it, isn't it him he, that rings isn't the bell? John Pompey or John, something like that? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is he... I, I thought think, someone else had the bell, though. I think that that... I, I mean, in my head, that that's one and the same person. He's just all morphed into one person. He's the one with the pigtails and the hat, isn't yeah, he, yeah. as well? Yeah. And I the think bell. he has got the bell. Maybe the bell gets passed around. Yeah. Maybe there are multiple bells. <laughs> but, I mean, do you think, obviously, um, that they, Portsmouth have a chance of bridging the quality gap with their atmosphere, with their belief that what they can do to, on their home pitch? I, I think it's less about Portsmouth to be honest and the fact that Arsenal could always just be so Arsenal like the, the other night I, I, I weren't actually watching it at the time but I sort of um, scrolled through Twitter to, to follow how it was going um, once once they'd gone 2-1 up and, and yet the combination of that goal and then the miss which it's just so funny Arsenal are just really really funny relentlessly funny <laughs> I think and have been for about 15 years in loads of mad different ways despite having loads of really good footballers um, I'm convinced that w- whatever team Arsenal were to put out, they're capable of being really Arsenal because yeah. I looked at that the other night and thought, he, he clearly has decided we're just going to try and win the Europa League here because it's it's easier than winning the league. Sorry, easier than finishing fifth in the league because he did the front three of Etel, Aubameyang, Pepe and Lacazette. So he's just gone all, mm-hmm. all my best in inverted commas lads are playing this and we're just going to try and blow them away and get through to the next round and it didn't work for them and they got humiliated and they got laughed at by everyone again so he could put that team out and they they, they could get done by Portsmouth mm-hmm. they could put a, a gang of kids out and get done by Portsmouth or they could just go and win 5-0 with whoever they play as well I think they're just inherently so unpredictable in a way that is fantastic for anybody that doesn't support Arsenal to watch because they're, they're always going to do that. Like, I, I was I was looking at the form recently and I think they've won four of the last five league games. So they're actually doing all right. Mm. I think I think that's right. Or maybe they've, they've had one since and didn't win. I don't know. But they were on a, a run of, of four wins out of five and the, the other one was a draw. So they can quietly do that. They can quietly just beat teams without you really paying attention to them and they last on match of the day and they've won 2 nil and everything's fine and you don't really see that it's happening. But then they do the lunacy the week after <laughs> every five weeks every six weeks and you get sort of drawn back into them again um like the the, the game against Everton I thought David Luiz played really quite well in parts and he plays that really good pass doesn't need to set up the goal yeah but then they're insane for the first goal all of them where it, it, it ends up going in off that mad overhead kick doesn't it and you're just watching them like it must be so hard to be Arsenal whether you're a fan whether you're a manager mm. whether you're one of the players because Anything can happen at any given moment in in a really positive way or or a really negative way. And if if I was an Arsenal supposed to go into Fratton Park tomorrow, I would just have absolutely no idea what was going to happen. The thing is, is that that's what um, 
That's what Shrewsbury fans say. You know, when before we played Shrewsbury, it's like <laughs> it's not like we're crap. We're just very unpredictable. Yeah. So that I think that is the same as being crap. Like you know, yeah. it, it, every team's good sometimes. Mm. Well, my current housemate is, he calls himself a lapsed Arsenal fan. <laughs> and he's not used to watching as much football. He's looking after his own mental health. Well, Good that's for what him. I like to think. But he's, like, he's, like, he's taken not a self-care day, <laughs> but a self-care life yes. away from football. The problem was, is he wasn't prepared for living with me and how much football I watch and how much he was going to residually watch. So <laughs> I've kind of drawn him back in a few times. And one of those games that we watched together was Olympiacos. So if you're listening now, Anthony... I'm sorry. We're going to talk have about you got the control of like his remote. I'm just imagining your house and how many tellies you must have. And like, it's <laughs> like his, it's a sports bar. His telly in his room, his housemate just pops up and it's, it's a footy match that Mo just goes and checks on every now and again <laughs> round the door. <laughs> I mean, it might feel like that today. You probably need to ask them. Um, it's probably time for us to move on now. We're going to be talking about Spurs and Norwich, uh, Leicester, Birmingham in part two. But before that, we're going to hear from Reading fan Paul Mann of the Elm Park Royals. Does he? what he's thinking about their matchup with Sheffield United. Okay, we are joined on the line now by Paul Mann from Elm Park Royals. He is a Redden fan and he's going to tell us what it's like to be a Redden fan and what he thinks of the FA Cup. So, Paul, it is the FA Cup. It is a break, if you like, from the grind of the league. Redden are 16th in the championship right now on 45 points, 8 points off the relegation zone, 11 points from the bottom and 3 points off 12th place Sheffield Wednesday. So what, what, what do you think about the FA Cup, Paul? Because it's an ongoing debate, isn't it? How important it is, what people think of it, whether it's magic anymore, whether it's romantic anymore. What are your feelings on it? You've got Premier League opposition to look forward to here in Sheffield United. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think... I wouldn't exactly say it's magic. Um, I remember when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, and it definitely was uh, magic. You'd have the whole day of uh, TV and everything, and probably Liverpool would be playing in the final. But it's a kind of, now for Reading, we've had some good runs. We got to the semi-final a few years ago. Um, we've also beaten you as well at Anfield a few years ago during your uh, definitely down period. But I don't know. I kind of like, it's a bit of a break from us because our season is probably going to be mid-season. We're not going up. We're not going down. It's We're looking at a really tough game against Sheffield United, though. That is going to be mm. such a tough match. I mean, they they were great against Liverpool, to be fair, and and you know they played really well against us. I guess it all it's going to come down to how how important it is to Sheffield United uh, and what kind of side he puts out. But Red and R at home. What do you think the general feeling is about it? That would everyone quite like a bit of a cup run? I imagine they would do. I imagine you'd quite like to give a bloody nose to a Premier League side as well. And I imagine that you still look at yourselves as you know a fairly big club because you know it's not that long ago. That you, were, that you were in the Premier League. You mentioned yourself there about, obviously, once upon a time, um, causing us problems and that kind of thing. So I guess there's sort of still a residual feeling that, you know, Redden are a big club and they should be going quite deep into the competition. Yeah, I mean, historically, in the last 10 years, we've made uh, multiple uh, quarterfinals. And definitely we want to go further this season because, like I just said, the season's going nowhere for us. And if we were to knock out Sheffield United, that would give the team so much confidence just to the fact they're having such a quality season. And I remember the game that you were talking about against Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure how they kind of managed to lose that game. They played so well in that game. But that's more down to you than them. But they, if they take it seriously, we're going to struggle. I can't see if they play their first team with the right attitude, they should beat us. Realistically, you've got to be honest about this. But if they take their foot off the pedal slightly and we up our game, 
we could get a result, especially as is going to happen on the night. And we all know when it goes to penalties, anything can happen. Mm. And and you, you, your last win against Sheffield United, I think I'm, I'm right in saying, was in the FA Cup as well. I mean, the, these things, you know, they, they shouldn't matter, should they? Because it's years on and it's, you know, six or seven years ago that we're talking about with this game. But these things somehow do matter sometimes, don't they? And they, they certainly creep into the fans' minds. Maybe, you know, you, people might remember that win and think, OK, well, I'll go there tonight with a, a bit of a spring in my step and who knows, we might see them do it again. Yeah, definitely. You've got to have hope, haven't you? And you do remember these things going out there. Maybe the players don't, but if the fans get behind it, if we make a good start, there definitely will be uh, a better atmosphere at the stadium. It's been a little bit uh, bad recently, but... I think uh, hopefully we're going to see a more positive display. And you kind of, we've had a lot of history against Sheffield United over the last 20 years or so playing against them, especially when Neil Warnock was there. There was always issues. Quite often he was sent off and everybody loved to see him get sent off every <laughs> single week in an ideal world, wouldn't we? <laughs> you know, yeah. Not a popular man. <laughs> not, not popular with us, mate, either, no. Uh, no. We, we, we've, got, we've got plenty of bad feelings about Neil Warner, but that's a, uh, a podcast in itself, I think. I mean, in terms of Redden then and in terms of what, what problems you could maybe cause Sheffield United, what, what, what are you thinking as a fan who's watching them week in, week out? What can they do to Sheffield United? Who's the danger man? Uh, for us, I would say Zajaria, obviously on loan from Liverpool. You've got John Swift. And you could possibly have the Bulldogs playing against each other. You could have one for Reading, one for Sheffield United. Uh, Puskas has now got 10 goals. He seems to be hitting a bit of form. I say those kind of players. We don't look like we're going to score from many set pieces at the moment. But Miazga is back and he's really good in the air aerial. So... If I was saying our major threat, I probably would be Swift or Ajaria. And tell us a little bit more about Ajaria then, because we, you know, we did obviously see him at this end of the, of the football spectrum, and there were times there where he didn't look out of place, and we thought he could maybe be going somewhere. It's maybe sort of not gone as he expected or as we expected. But what are you seeing of him, and what do you make of him? Oh, I'd love over Ajaria. I think he's a quality player. He started off the season really well. Um, he was just insanely talented, and I can see exactly why he thought he might have possibly made it at Liverpool. His technique is sensational. He can go past players like they're invisible, basically. But what we're seeing as the season is going on, we've seen um, possibly played out of position, which hasn't helped him. But he's slowing the play down slightly too much sometimes, and also his final pass hasn't quite developed. Maybe that's down to the forwards that haven't been available. But it's kind of, I think there's a massive potential. I think it's a learning season for him. And I'm sure that he's going to uh, become a better player in the future. And I would not be surprised to see him back in the Premier League very soon. In terms of what's not going right then as well, I mean, you're not where you want to be in the league. Um, you're not where you want to be in general, I guess, in terms of not in the top division um, what what needs to go right at Reading sort of the next six to 12 months to see you back up there challenging to get back in the top flight? Uh, we need to see more. We need to be a better striker. We lost Lucas Jow in January and that just virtually killed us. We don't have a similar striker. We need a big striker up front, not just for the headers, but for holding up and linking. And we've got two players in Puskas and Bulldog who don't really have that much ability to do that. They're more poacher-type uh, kind of striker. But I think also we need to get um, maybe a better central defence and possibly the full-backs maybe need to be able to look to, especially on the left-hand side. But I don't think it's major surgery. 
because I think we will be mid-table, just a little bit of tinkering and keeping hold of those players like Ijaria and Swift. They, those are the ones we have to keep hold of. Just on the championship as well, I hear a lot of people say about it all the time that you know it's it's a good competition, it's a good level of football. In, in many ways, it's almost more interesting than the Premier League. I mean, I've got a mate now, we probably regret saying this, but he's a Sunderland fan and obviously they're another league down these days, but another league or two down. But he um, he once said to me that he got a little bit fed up of watching Sunderland in the Premier League because they're getting beat every week. And he was like, at least when we at least when we go down, we get to see his win some games. I mean, well, but do you know where he's coming from with that? And, and also, do you know what I mean about the sort of the level of the championship? What, what do you make of it as a league? Oh, no, it's a quality league for those reasons you've just given. You never know who really is going to win the league at the beginning of the season. Unless you've got a really massive club coming down like a Newcastle, you just don't know. I mean, we finished, and the last time that we went up, we finished above West Ham and Southampton. Now, you would say with their resources, they should finish above us, but you just can't tell. You, You go into every single game in the championship and you've got a chance of winning. When Reading are in the Premier League, that's just not really going to ever be the case. You know, you go into games against the top six teams and you hope, the tiny hope, that they might be able to get a result. But it just doesn't happen very often. So for me, the Championship is more enjoyable, but obviously I'd much rather see Reading in the Premier League. Absolutely. Okay. well, just let's finish up then, Paul. Give us a prediction of how you see this game going. Give us a score. Uh, It's going to be slightly depressing. I want to say Sheffield United 2-1 win. Normal time. You've got to, you've got to go for your own team, surely. Oh uh, no, but I have to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Paul. Well, thanks very much for joining us on the Anfield Wrap. Good luck with the tie. I hope there is something to smile about for you. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks to Paul there. Uh, so now we are going to talk about more about Spurs Norwich. And Dan, I mentioned their terrible record in the FA Cup, but it's more than just the FA Cup. It's the they haven't really won any kind of trophy for quite some time. And the team that they've got now, it's almost been considered, I hate using the phrase golden generation, but it kind of describes the way Spurs fans feel about the team that they've had or the team that's kind of on the way out now. Do you think that there's any motivation within those players to go out and say, look, we need to mark our legacy within the Spurs team with a trophy? Or do you think it's almost gone beyond that point now for some of them? Um I, th- I think it must be a bit of a burden on them every time they, they, they start something because you can you can easily just think of a cup run in isolation as match by match and whatever else. But when whenever it comes to their, you know, third round league cup draw and third round FA Cup draw, if you're if you're one of those players you must be thinking of the bigger picture of how you get to how you get to February in the final or how you get to May in the final mm-hmm. in the FA Cup. Because if you're Harry Kane, who is what, twenty seven, twenty six, twenty seven, something like 26, that. Um and he doesn't yet have a medal to to show for his career, even though everyone knows that he's brilliant and he'll be remembered as one of Tottenham's best players ever. He will want at the end of his career to be able to show his kids, show his family the things that he won and be able to look back on the clips that, that everyone's got now. You know, we we've seen how much our players talk about the parade and, and, and all the videos from Madrid and that kind of thing, how much that means to them on an emotional level. That's what that's what footballers exist to do. As much as they all want to play in the Champions League and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing, they want they want things that they can put on when they're eighty and have a look down at and think what a day that was or whatever. Um, so I th- I think it must do because they've 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 a lot of them been together for so long and not accomplished it under that manager that that must feel like a bit of an affront in a way. Like they must feel aggrieved. They deserve more than that. I don't yeah. think anyone could argue that Tottenham didn't didn't merit having something to show for the Pochettino Definitely. era. They weren't good enough to win a European Cup. I don't think they shouldn't have been in that final really. It was 
you know, mad circumstances and they ended up getting Ajax in the semi and whatever else. And then it, it was weird that, that final because I, I sort of felt like they'd, they'd almost give up on it, the support, mm. before we even played them. Like we were talking to people on the way on the bus and, and then just like in the city when we were there on, on the day and the day before. And they just, they just felt like as much as you would be happy to be there because it's your first Champions League final and whatever else, they they felt like anything other than a Liverpool win would be like a massive shock. Yeah. And and that must be part of that 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 dearth of trophies getting to them, I would think, because what was it, eighty two they won the UEFA Cup? It was already they were already on the downward turn. They sort of they, reached the Champions yeah, League they, final in the middle of a downward turn. Yeah, the, the form in the league from January onwards was absolutely atrocious. So I'm not I'm not saying they should have thought they would beat Liverpool in the final, but I thought that it played into a sort of wider thing about them as a football club than mm. than just the poor form. It felt like this isn't a thing we do, you know. Like they yeah, didn't, they didn't say that so. to me in those words, but it felt like what they wanted to say. Like it's, it's mad being here, you know. Not because mm. it's like a European final, just because we're actually in a final. Like you said, they've lost what seven semi-finals eight. in eight in eight, eight in a row. <laughs> um, and and it's it's also it's never really a trip for them either because they're only going to Wembley. Yeah. Um, so it, it must have been a really strange concept, and I think they probably do just need to at least get to a domestic final, at least get past that semi-final place. Um, just to, just to almost know that they can do, and that they don't have to constantly worry about that in a sense. Because I think we probably weren't that far away. If we'd have lost that European Cup final to Tottenham oh, no. or to any other football team, I think we all would have looked around each other and gone, "What the fuck have we got to do here?" Yeah. If we'd have lost two European Cup finals in a row with the form that we were on and everything, if we'd have lost that um, Europa League final and the League Cup final as well, if you get into not necessarily the habit of doing it, but but the mindset mm-hmm. of feeling like. God, you've really got to be special just to win anything here. Then that can really get to you in a way that's not just about who your manager is at this moment in time or anything like that, because it it, it sort of goes to all of the people that are still around, whether that be mm. players who've played for you for six, seven years, coaches that have just been around, even the people that like just work at your training ground, yeah. commiserating you again for the eleventh <laughs> time, must get really, really dull and quite get to you after a while. So I think that I think that they really could do with something. Um, it's a shame for them that that the squad is the way that it is at the mm. minute because it does make it an awful lot harder. I I absolutely think that you know they could get to a semi or a, or in theory a final or whatever. But whenever they end up playing Man City, they just get beat. So it's it's really hard for any of them to be honest because you just imagine that if when you play City or us if we get through and really go for it and play our first team. That how how do any of them win it really? Belief and not only belief within what you can do, but belief that it's going to be your year. That there's not going to be some unseen thing that's going to come and take it away from you. I think that's massive. You referenced us and way we were. I think we needed that so badly. Mm. And you look, Adam, at the way that Spurs have reacted to the, that Champions League final. It's almost as if a lot of them felt like that that was their last chance, and the mentality has really shifted. I noticed that Mourinho mentioned post-match after the Wolves game they lost at the weekend where they took the lead twice and still lost. He said that the Spurs are too nice, they're too timid. And you sense that maybe there's a bit of that defeatism that's come in and it's kind of helped that malaise stick, so to speak, that they've had a few new players come in. I mean, Steven Bergwijn has come in, he scored another goal. And yet that doesn't seem to really have given them any impetus for the next part of the season. Yeah, I remember. I can't remember which player, but I remember us getting a good player while we were in a bit of a downturn. And 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 as you say, they can they they can be good, but somehow it doesn't it doesn't get you there. It doesn't get you to the to, to the next thing. Um, I mean, and, and just as Dan was saying, I remember after 
well, probably maybe before the match even, just from having those same conversations with Spurs fans, I thought to myself whether they win or not, I don't think they'll get to another Champions League final. I don't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't see them getting to another one just, just sort of because of the way that they they were. Whereas I thought when we were in in the one final, I know you know uh, how how badly it went. I thought well we'll we'll get to another one here. So yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know what it is you need, really. Um, we've we've seen it ourselves, haven't we? And 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 I think it's funny because Man United are a bit like this, aren't they? I think you think I think people still think of Mourinho as a bit of a you know magic bullet, even though his his record has yeah. not not been brilliant for a few years now. But I know United fans who who I think part of the reason that they're sort of sticking in their heads with Solskjaer is well we've had Mourinho, like. What what else do we do? You know, with, with that is that is the 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 fixer. You know, the the the, the thing a, that's supposed in, to fix in, things in, in a strange in. way. He's he's Allardyce. I yeah, was going to yeah, say the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, yeah. In that, like, yeah. if you've tried him and it hasn't worked, then God, we're just goose time. Yeah. <laughs> Moyes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's focus a little bit now on their opponents because I did the last Friday show and we spent a lot of time talking about how Norwich were the perfect team for Leicester to play to get them out of their funk, and it didn't quite work out that way. But what Norwich haven't been able to do all season is put two wins together, Dan. Um, do you give them a chance of doing this, Nick, considering what we've been saying about Spurs and their current mentality? Um, I, I would give them a chance, yeah, because what Spurs have been taken to replays already by Middlesbrough and Southampton. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And especially if Spurs struggle to score a goal. They got done by Wolves the other day as well. So it showed that the defence isn't, isn't as good as what it probably was maybe two years ago when they had that solid back three and you knew yeah. he was playing every week. The fullbacks just aren't as good as what they were now. It's it's Gazaniga back in goal again, isn't it as well? Um, so they've, they've definitely got a chance. I just I just think that not just strange, and I th- I think they might be the best team to ever finish last in the league mm-hmm. in a weird way. I think they've got loads of really talented players, and I quite like the manager as well. Yeah. He seems to speak quite well. I think he's intelligent. I think he gets them into a good shape. Um, but they're just so so easy to 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 walk through at the heart of it. The, the back two. I know that I know that Godfrey gets. Quite a bit of praise. That is his name, isn't yeah. it? Um, it's quite a bit of praise. You look to be quite inquisitively in a thought. I'm either making a really good point here or I've just said the name of someone who does not play for oh, Norwich. No, it's, it's, it's the first one. It's the first um, one. And, the, and so, so the, the back two and, and the goalkeeper, I think, are just, are just really, really fragile in comparison to the rest of the league in the way that if you look at, I know that we ended up scoring with, with a mad goal that Fabianski made a mistake for, in the way that West Ham have got much better players there, even though they're not much better as a team mm-hmm. than what Norwich are. I think that's what will make the difference in the end and will mean that they, they end up going down by quite a few points. Um, but that means that in one-off games, if those three are good enough, then they'll be all right. I think that's why they can't stitch the two together is because they'll Tim Krull will overperform one week, but he isn't capable of doing it again the next Saturday mm-hmm. because he's got to go so far out of his way to keep the score to one or keep the score to zero that he has to put in this blind of a performance and it's just really unlikely that you can do it again. So they 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 could do it in a one-off FA Cup tie, definitely, but I I I think there are just too many mad things with them that have to go right. You have to have Pookie playing really really well. You have to have Cantwell staying on his feet a little bit more as well. Um, so I I wouldn't imagine so, but I also you know. You, you can't absolutely put it past them because we've seen when they've played Liverpool twice this season that they've got enough about them to cause really, really good teams problems. So what you're saying is you think Spurs are going to sc- a scrappy 1-0, maybe a penalty? Um, I Yeah, I think they'll win by one or two goals, probably. Adam? I think there is, as Dan mentioned before, there's a defeat to Man City and Spurs' future. 
<laughs> Just as soon as Man City have used up all the lower league sides. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not sure that they'd say that was any better. But you never know. It might be by the time they get to Wembley. By that, you might even get to the finals, so at least they'll have something to hold on to in that respect. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about one of the other ties as well. Uh, I mentioned it before, West Bromwich Albion, currently in a big battle for the championship title. Uh, probably not even safe yet fully of promotion with the form of Fulham and Nottingham Forest. And they had a, a defeat against relegation threat and Wigan at the weekend, Adam. Um, they probably could do without this game right now, wouldn't they? Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know. It's it, uh, they, They're in a bit of a stressful uh, stressful league situation I would say sort of be, being top and kind of the constantly looking over your shoulder at, at Leeds and mm-hmm. you know that I think Leeds probably prefer being second because Leeds obviously find it stressful when they're first so it might be one of them where um, where, where it's it's actually a, a, a nice refreshing change it is a free hit because they're playing a Premier League side and they're at home and you know it's one of those top of top of the top of the championship against lower down in the Premier League ties. I I, I think this is uh, I think this is one of the the better ties of the round. I think that the draw wasn't wasn't amazing apart from Chelsea Liverpool to be honest. So th- this this is the th- this this could be uh, a, an, an exciting game and I and I'd, I really I couldn't call it to be honest. I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen in this one. I mean, you look at it on paper. I, from that game I mentioned against Wigan, Dan, uh, on the bench, West Brom had Matt Phillips, Charlie Austin and Gareth Barry. I mean, you could argue they've got a better squad than Newcastle right now. I mean, mm. they've probably got better forwards at the Definitely, very least. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a situation where, as Adam says, with the way the league is so much pressurised, this could be a free hit to them. And they could be playing against a team who, let's face it, are probably not going to score many goals themselves. Yeah, um, this brings me back to the point of uh, in regards to both of these teams. I'm just not really sure who the FA Cup is for because I don't think either of these really want to win. I think they'd rather win the game, obviously, Mm. but I don't think any of them have got much ambition about going further than this because West Brom want to win the championship or at least get promoted Newcastle just want to stay in the Premier League Newcastle have never been to Wembley if I read <laughs> no. the agenda correctly obviously they went to play Spurs Spain, in the league Spurs. But, like... but so so all of, all of the Premier League teams either the top teams are fine with winning it but don't really set out to everyone from about 7 down can't really be bothered because they just want to stay in the league if you're in a relegation battle or at the top or even vaguely involved with anything mm. to do with playoffs in any of the football league divisions then you don't really want it either so there's just probably like a, a small handful of about maybe 15 to 20 teams who are in mid-table in the Championship League 1 and League 2 who might fancy the FA Cup <laughs> but they're never going to get anywhere <laughs> no, yeah, because, because then they'll just get beat by Man City's reserves anyway yeah. it's, it's a mad situation where it, it just feels like I'm, I'm looking at these two and thinking there's no reason why West Brom if they just played the first team yeah could beat Newcastle and then if they get um, say Norwich got through and they got Norwich in the next round they mm. might beat them or, and so on and so forth or if they get the winner of the Red and Sheffield United tie um, and, and they could end up in a semi could end up in a final and then we can beat Man City so who knows yeah. but it just feels like none of them are really that interested in that um, I don't know whether I don't know whether he's rested those lads with this in mind perhaps because I, Charlie Aston starts doesn't he, he? Does start, and yeah. is, 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 is the one who scored most of the goals I think this season so far so maybe Billich is going to take it a bit differently maybe he is interested in it I don't know um, but it, it is strange the way you get this sort of truncated effect where there's there's a Premier League top six in theory in most seasons obviously Arsenal and Tottenham have been a bit out of it this season but 
Um, there are there are the six rich clubs with with squad sizes that they've got in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Then there are probably maybe another four or five in the Premier League that are a level below. So Wolves, um, Leicester, Leicester, Everton, teams like that. And then there's then there's this weird bit where there's not an awful lot of difference between the top half of the champ. Well, maybe the the top eight or nine of the Championship and the bottom end of the Premier League. Where yeah, I reckon if you were building a different club and you could only take players from West Brom and Newcastle, I think you probably would take more West Brom ones in a mad world. Yeah. Um, and it's it's crazy the way that that can happen. Um, so as much as as much as like this will get builds as a giant killing if if they do it, it's like actually the better team probably no, really won. Is, in, yeah. in a weird way. <laughs> should not be called that. <laughs> it's a lot Which of is, that though. It's a lot of the the, the sort of the, the feeling that you've you've said it, like if if Sheffield Wednesday knocked Man City out would would you, I think the competition would feel different I'm not sure whether the FA Cup used to open up in front of you do you remember <laughs> there'd be a few things yeah. that happen in one day and you think oh got to run to that now yeah and I think with City now, it's just it's a bit but like. But there's torpid. not been anything like that this season. That's another thing. This season, everyone's has, just got through. Yeah, there's yeah. no. I mean, we said that, that, we cock teased everyone. <laughs> we did a little bit, <laughs> and then again, <laughs> I feel by playing the kids. They all got very excited, and then, and then it all got taken away. Um, I still think personally, Newcastle really should be trying to win a trophy. I mean, Steve Bruce, fair enough, he's been able to get a bit of a stay of execution with some of their mm. fans. But if he wants a, a, sh- a fast track to being immortality within being for a local boy as well and all that kind of stuff, getting to Wembley, not even getting to a trophy, I'm sure getting to a semi-final would be massive mm. for them. But it be, remains to be seen whether or not they agree with their team talk. Uh, let's go on to another caller now. We've got Joel Klein here who's going to tell us all about Derby's big game against Manchester United. Okay, we've got Joel Klein on the line now, a Derby County fan. And Joel, uh, a big match against Manchester United. Obviously, everyone's talking about Wayne Rooney facing his old club and that kind of thing. And I guess from the outside, you know, a lot of people who will be listening to this will be thinking, well, how is Wayne getting on? Is he going bald for the third time? Um, is he, you know, how's he doing at Derby? How is the Wayne Rooney sideshow going? It's uh, it's going quite well actually. It's, uh, like obviously for his debut, there's a big sort of plenty of TV cameras there. Game against Barnsley was on TV, which is surprising given the sort of standard that they are and what we are. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's actually settled in quite well. Started off a little bit slowly, but sort of as the weeks have gone by, he's uh, he's sort of like classes properly shown. Um, we're sort of playing him in sort of like a bit of a deep line midfield role. Um, and he's just he's been really good to be honest with you. He he definitely can't run anymore. Uh-huh. His legs are well and truly gone. But uh, we've we've stuck a load of kids around him to kind of do the donkey work, and uh, it's it's worked out. It's worked out pretty well to be honest with you. I was going to say because when he was at Everton, that was that was the issue. I mean, he's still shown his class at times. Scored an absolutely brilliant goal from you know the halfway line, and you know you're not going to lose that sort of touch and that vision and that kind of stuff. But as you say, it's the legs that's the issue, isn't it? And he is, you know, very quickly approaching his mid thirties now. Um, how often do you think he's able to play for you? Is it is it, is it every game? Is it sort of he's having to come off because he's blowing for tugs? What 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 kind of you're saying he's not able to run, but even with the kids around him, is he still blowing, or is he is he able to do a full ninety quite easily? No, so he's sound, you know, like he's uh, he's he's played every minute, uh, with the exception of a game. I think, I think it was a Stoke game. I think we we were about four 0 up, and he came off with ten to go. Um, but he's played pretty much every minute since then. He's apparently not missed a training session either. Um, so he's doing quite well. I mean, he looks he looks slow. He looks a bit heavy, but um, in terms of sort of like minutes put in, um, he's been, he's done pretty well out of it. Um, 
been no sort of like niggles or anything like that. He's definitely sort of like found his found his fitness in the last few weeks because obviously he'd had been over in America and had a break. I think he had a good few months before he could actually play for us. Um, and now his fitness is there. He's, uh, yeah, he's looking really, really good. I mean, I, I kind of expected him to sort of probably do about 60 and then come off. But he's like, like I said, he's, been, he's played pretty much every minute with the exception of the game against Stoke, which was sort of like comfortably won at that point. Yeah. Um, not missed a training session. And from everything that I've, I've heard, read, been told is that he's been a bit of a revelation down at the training ground. It's a little break for you, this, isn't it, from the from the championship derby, thirteenth in the championship. Um, that's obviously not where where you want to be or where you aim to be or where you dream about at the start of the season. So, is this a nice little welcome break for you? The fact that you've got this game against Manchester United. Yeah, it's a bit strange. I mean, it's been a, it's been a really strange season. Really, we've had a lot of sort of like off field issues, sort of like going on. There's been that to deal with. There's been plenty of injuries. Um, and you know we lost obviously Harry Wilson who was with you, yeah. uh, who was with us last season. Obviously that was sort of like 20, 20 goals gone. Mason Mount as well, who's obviously now in the England squad doing relatively well for Chelsea. You know they're big players that we had to sort of replace, and we we didn't. Um, so it's been a season of struggle really. I mean any team looking to replace you know thirty odd goals is 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 going to find it um, difficult. Um, so. I think the first half of the season wasn't particularly good. Again, like I said, lots of off-field issues that we had to deal with. Uh, but the second half since January has actually been been all right. We, there's sort of more of a feeling of where we're going as a club. Um, there seems to be sort of like an acceptance of the need to sort of, you know, rebuild a l- little bit, really. Um, I mean, every season we kind of, we're in and around the playoffs. Um, and, you know, at times that can be a little bit of a hindrance. Uh, so to kind of like not really be there at the at, at the minute is you know it's it's almost a bit of a relief. There's a bit more patience with the with the fans and sort of to have a cup run at this stage and sort of like the season we're having is actually pretty welcome to be honest with you. So I'm quite excited for the game uh, on Thursday night. And the the, the bookies have got you at odds of around six to one to win this this game. I guess people will sort of look at it and say, well. You know, the last eight times Derby have played Man United in the FA Cup, it's, it's ended with Man United going through, most recently third round in 2018. But then I guess if you're a Derby fan, you'll say, well, you know, we knocked them out of the League Cup, we won a, we won a penalty shootout. Obviously, that's a, a possibility with all this as well. I mean, wh- where do you stand on it? Do you think, you know, Derby have got a chance of upsetting the odds here? Or do you think it's a fairly sort of, it, it, it's going to end with United going through? I mean, I mean, the likelihood is obviously that they go through, but I mean, we've got nothing to fear in this. You know, it's it's a classic free hit, really. There's no yeah. no expectation on us at all. You know, we've got we've got a lot of young players that we've sort of blooded this year, and this is sort of like obviously an opportunity for them to really sort of show sort of the players that they're going to become in the coming years. So they'll sort of like relish the opportunity, really. You know, we've got a good, I think it's about four four or five academy players. You know, playing regularly this this season. So to give those kids a chance, you know, against a team like Man United, okay, they're not sort of the side that they were, but you know, they still carry, they still have their name, they still carry that weight. So I think, I think as a club and as a fan base, it's something that we'll we'll really relish. And you know, we're not really going to have many big games this season. You know, we're not we're not going to, we're not going in the playoffs. We're definitely not going going to go up. So this is kind of sort of a last sort of opportunity you know, to get something from this season. So I think it's something that a lot of people will embrace. And and to reach the quarterfinals would be quite a big deal, wouldn't it? It's it the last time you sort of at that stage is is ninety eight, ninety nine. I think as well, you know, there's not be I mean you mentioned playoffs, but 
even so, it must be very frustrating for you that you know you you're in the Premier League as recent as what was it, 2008? I think it was when Derby went down, um, yeah. and and then since then, you know, you sort of toiled and struggled. There's been a few times, as you say, playoffs. There's a third place finish in there, um, but it's it. I mean, where did Derby at is the other question for you? I think really, you know, where do you see yourselves? What if you what weight should you be punching at where the club is currently? Well, to be honest with you, I think that's what that's an issue. Sort of the the, the club as a whole has had for like yeah. quite a few years is that you know historically we've been a relatively successful club. You go all the way back to sort of like Brian Clough and yeah. league titles and all that. But you know, it's like 40, 50 years ago now, and sort of the, for sort of like the younger fan that's coming through, they didn't really have sort of like that experience of sort of like winning leagues. We had me growing up. I had sort of the sort of years in the Premier League around ninety eight, ninety nine in, in in that point. But you know, we've We've not been uh, sort of a Premier League club for like a consistent Premier League club for like 10, 15 years now. Um, and that's a big gap in your history to sort of, you know, still still think you carry the weight that um, that you used to. And I think that's sort of like a something that fans of our fans have really struggled to sort of like get used to is that there's clubs like Bournemouth and Burnley who in our eyes, we think we should be bigger than. But, you know, you, you speak to a lot of football fans now and it, that's it's just not the case. Mm. So I think we've had a bit of an identity crisis, to be honest with you. I think the sort of missed opportunities with the playoffs, I don't know whether they've helped that or not, but, you know, it sort of adds... There's, a, there's always been a really big expectation around this football club and it's... We always... We never seem to sort of like live up to it. Um, so I think sort of, like I said... The, financially we're not in a great position anymore and we've invested a lot in our academy over the last sort of five years and I think that's kind of a route that fans now want to see us take is to actually almost not start again but you know have sort of like a bed of young players and then build from there rather than sort of the boom or bust scenario that we've sort of found um, over the last five years so in terms of sort of like where we're at as a club it's quite difficult to say because we, like I said, we we kind of have a bit of an identity crisis in that sense. But I think for the first time in a long time, it actually feels like now we kind of know who we are, and I think that in the long run will sort of like be really beneficial to us. The crunch question then: Are you going to go with the Wayne Rooney fairy tale, or are you going to be sort of more realistic? I don't know. Is it where are you going to go with it? Give us your position. No, we'll, no, we'll go with the, go with the fairy tale. We'll, go we'll have a 2-0 win. Love it. Love it. That's what we want. That's what we want to hear. We spoke to some other fans and they've, they've been sort of going, oh, no, we got beat. I want, to hear, I want to hear people getting carried away and saying they're going to win, even if it's not realistic. So the Wayne Rooney fairy tale, then well, everyone can tune in and, and see whether that happens. Uh, thanks very much, mate, for joining us on the Anfield app and telling us all about Derby County. Great stuff. Nice one. Thanks to Joel there. Now, uh, he's quite optimistic uh, about this, thinks that Derby have got a good chance of a result. Um, it's been a strange season for Derby, though. I've got to say, if you compare them where they are in the season, as I mentioned, most of the championship teams in the FA Cup are kind of in that wasteland of not really going to be in the playoffs, not really going to get relegated. But Derby are a lot lower than they normally are, the 13th. And when you consider some of the uh, off-the-pitch controversies, let's say, that have affected them over the course of the season, yet there doesn't seem to be massive amounts of unrest. It's almost like having a guy like Koku and a guy like Wayne Rooney in the building is kind of papering over all of those cracks at them. Yeah, I think the Rooney factor is big for them. And you're right, I was... I was a sort of, you know, armchair Derby fan a little bit last season. I was I enjoyed their kind of run to eventually getting beat by Villa, didn't they? And um, 
they they were they, they were good to watch and some good players obviously had Wilson on loan and Mount on loan and you know some some uh, got Lampard as manager it was, there was there was interest there wasn't there and uh, they've sort of tried to carry that on that sort of spirit I think they tried a bit of con- continuation with um, getting like you say Cocker and Rooney to to um to kind of keep that that thing and maybe you know the idea of of, of getting Rooney in to eventually get into the the full time manager's seat and stuff like that so it is interesting it's a sort of interesting soap opera but and I think that might be what's keeping the fans engaged more mm-hmm. than the football uh, side of things so but. The, I mean, the thing about soap operas is that sometimes there's an explosion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, so maybe this is it. Maybe this is it, and that's what the, um, yeah. the that, that's what the, the especially Darby when the main character is confronted by one of their old nemeses. Yeah, we used to be in EastEnders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Now, obviously, I mean, for the storyline narrative, it would be better if we were going to Old Trafford, but it is going to be at Pride Park, Dan. Um, I put in the agenda here, um, space in the show to laugh at David De Gea. So <laughs> I think we, we need to do, we need to find some way of doing that. Obviously, this is in regards to Sunday and his uh, fantastic performance. Um, it's getting a little bit like, Pepe Reina 2010 with David De Gea at the moment, isn't it? It's almost like the memories of what you think he is is starting to slip away and now it's just like he could actually be fully on the decline here. Do you think this is something that United fans should actually be worried about? Am I going too early with this? Or, you know... It was just the fact that he was on the ball for 23 minutes, wasn't it? Like, it was really funny. Because that can sometimes happen where like you're just not really looking. Yeah. But he's looking for ages. ages. He's, lo- he's looking more than he could possibly look, really. Um, it's, oh, it was absolutely incredible to watch. I'd have loved to have known what, what he was thinking while... At, like after it hits Dominic Calvert-Lewin's leg and it's quite clear that it's going in the net before he turns around and sees it I'd love to know what ran through his mind um, I know what you mean there's a, I, I, can't remember, I can't remember who said it you might remember Adam but there's a saying about um, basically every Prime Minister always ends up being hated right um, no matter what no matter how good you've been no matter what side you've been on everyone ends up not back at square one but everyone ends up on this pile of hatred basically mm. and I feel like in a mad way goalkeepers are the same yeah. because it can only really it can only really get worse yeah. um, in theory it does for every footballer because they all get older and stuff but outfield players can shift position like Wayne Rooney for example who's, who's playing as a deep midfielder now after being one of the best strikers of his generation um, whereas goalkeepers can only reach for the ball that little bit less or be that little bit mm. less quick off the line and whatever mm. else um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you know he's at, at that stage because he's, he's, he's certainly not that old but it, do, it does feel like there's there's a time limit on a peak goalkeeper for some reason um, and maybe he's just sort of got to the stage of his where he's still able to play absolutely brilliantly because I mean the, the save that he makes at the end of the game is, yeah. is absolutely fantastic yeah. uh, and Pickford made a really good one as well <laughs> didn't he the double save so they sort of made up for the madness that they'd done before Um but maybe he's just getting to this point where he can't do that on a consistent level. Mm. Um, I was I was watching it the other day and I was actually thinking about Alisson. I was thinking, is this one day we're going to watch this sort of thing? Not necessarily as mad as that, but are we going to see a bit like what happened with Pepe Reina where mm. he, ju- he just drops one in? And so he's constantly looking at his his, his, uh, his exasperated face, like oh, yeah. sad. It's sadness. really sad seeing oh, exactly. yeah, his exasperated sad. face. On, like that Watford on on Saturday was the first time we've seen it in a, well probably ever, really, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Um, and it was a yeah, real shame to see that. But I I do wonder yeah whether whether they sort of all have that time mm. limit on them, and if so, is it 
is it coming earlier for De Gea because he started playing so early, didn't he? He was at Atletico's first choice at 18, 19, moved to United when he was 20, 21, mm-hmm. didn't work very well. He's, he's been the best goalkeeper in the world until Alisson for probably about five years. Neuer went off the boil in about 2014, yeah, something like he's that. Yeah, he been in the conversation yeah. at least. Um, so maybe maybe there's just a point that he's got to, as I say, where, where he's still capable of producing brilliant saves and he can do a few months where he's really, really good. But I, I imagine just concentrating that intensely mm. as a goalkeeper must be incredibly difficult because if you if you take your eye off the football for a millisecond or if you make one very, very small error, it's it's a humiliating thing that everyone around the world sees. Um, so I wonder if it's... I'd, I'd, I'd love somebody who's good at science, yeah. sports science, to tell me the answer to this, whether it, <laughs> actually, whether it actually is more taxing on your brain to be a goalkeeper because you cannot... Really, at, at at any given moment when the ball is in your half, switch off. Mm. And if you do, the the repercussions are more humiliating than they are for any other footballer. And on top of that, Adam, we've got to factor in the fact that he was actually carrying that team, at, at least the defence, for quite some time. So all that extra con- um, concentration is added with the knowledge that you are the only hope. You are the, the leading light of this team. And I mean, maybe something like that is going to have an effect on maybe his career. But... I'm thinking in terms of what Dan was saying about the keeper who can still make good saves but still makes mistakes. I mean, we've seen that quite a lot mm. here at Liverpool and those kind of keepers don't really win you trophies. No, I know. I, I was thinking that there was there was two seasons in a row, I think, when they were... When when he was keeping them ahead of their you know expected goal type thing, mm-hmm. they 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 should have been conceded a lot more goals, and it was and it was really because of him. And everybody kept saying this, you know, it kind of can't statistically can't continue, and and it, and it hasn't. And you know, the, the, what that's down to is 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 as Dan was saying, a bit of a mystery. It's, there's so much psychology involved with being a goalie, and. I think there's no coincidence what you see like the the job of England goalie spoiling so many people's yeah. like you know their brains <laughs> um you know and and it's it seems to be happening to to Pickford at the minute but yeah so it, it it's it's it is tough but you know it's funny I, 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 <laughs> it's just it's I just, really hope that that was the way Solskjaer put it it, to him. <laughs> it was funny it's the, it, it's it's like it's it, it's the it's the it's the thing that I would def- definitely have expected Mini later to have done yeah. I'm surprised he never has <laughs> no I mean when you look at the, the prospects of this game it might not even be that De Gea is playing because Sergio Romero has played a lot of FA Cup games but they have got the Manchester derby coming up at the weekend. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably time for us to do some predictions on this game to see whether or not we think United are going to be able to go into that derby with any momentum or maybe they're going to go into it where they're going to face. Adam, what do you think? Um, I think it's going to be a draw um, and I'm not sure. Well... You do know that this is, means that means penalties. Oh, yeah. I'm not even sure if it's extra time. Is, it, 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 it is it extra time and penalties? Okay. I'll say Derby are going to win a penalty shooter. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Dan? I'll say the same then. Rooney, Penenka, last game. <laughs> <laughs> that is so juicy that I might have to sign up for that as well. I like the sound of that. Okay, the final caller of the show now. We've got James Marriott. He's going to be t- singing the blues all about Sheffield Wednesday. Okay, we're joined now by James Marriott from the Singing the Blues podcast to talk about Sheffield Wednesday James thanks for joining us um, I just wonder what you made really first of all of the FA Cup really I mean you know you're doing what you're doing in the league and there are issues there obviously is this a sort of a welcome relief from all that because obviously Sheffield Wednesday fans will always see themselves as a big club as a club that probably should be in the Premier League here you are playing Premier League opposition at home 
is this a sort of welcome relief from the, the, the grind of the championship, if you like? I think in some ways um, it probably is because you know if we if we lose against Man City, it doesn't set us a, a, any further back from a league point of view. But um, it does kind of feel like it's a, a distraction that we could do without right now. We've had issues with players um, and injuries and fitness, and um, yeah, I mean, look, I I kind of fell out of love with the FA Cup a few seasons ago. So for me personally, I, I would rather us not be playing this this game um, I can see a lot of ways that it could go wrong but um, hopefully um, I'm proved to look like a complete idiot and we uh, we storm through to the next round I mean and if you did do that you know your mood and the club's mood and everyone's mood would surely be lifted wouldn't it I mean you know City have just won another trophy at the weekend uh, they've got their own issues although to put issues into context they're not that bad are they I mean they're in the Champions League they beat Real Madrid they've won a cup and okay they've got this thing hanging over them with the FFP but ultimately you know it, it's, it can't be that bad being a Man City fan despite what we read in the press whereas you know you're more sort of at the cold face of football with with real problems to contend with I would say so I guess it does it would it would lift you wouldn't it It'd be huge for Sheffield Wednesday if you beat Man City in the FA Cup yeah, of course it would. I mean, bizarrely, we play Man City with more in common with them at the moment than we probably have for many years in terms of the fact that we've got an FFP charge right, hanging yeah. over our heads as well. So um, there is a, a, a strange kind of um, thing in common there. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, we, we we probably do need something to to not necessarily to kickstart the season because um, you know I think that, that that's a completely different matter. But you know, maybe something to give fans just something to be happy about and pleased about. And um, I, I honestly, I struggle to see it happening right now because when, when we're losing to uh, Luton and, and getting turned over by Blackburn and Derby at home, then. Um, Man City coming with what will probably be a relatively strong team um, means that it's kind of difficult to see that happen. But I, I guess the one thing the cup still always has is that is that romance, is yeah. that chance of there being an upset, and that you know it really can be anyone's game on its on, on the day. So um, yeah, who knows? I mean, sorry to do it to you as well, but how is it to be in Sheffield right now? Because obviously, I imagine uh, your rivals over the over the road there, Sheffield United there. They're obviously on the crest of a wave. Everyone's talking about them playing great football. They've probably punched above the weight this season in terms of what they expected to do. Are you getting a bit sick and tired of hearing about the the, the romantic story of Sheffield United right now? Well, is, is there another club in Sheffield? I didn't know about that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you know, she- Sheffield United are doing very well and they, and they deserve that because, you know, they've earned their place in the Premier League and um, they've done it their own way and, and, and it's working for them. Um, I'm, I'm not interested. I know there, there are Wednesday fans who probably um, are, are taking what's happened to us that bit more personally because of the fact that you know our, our neighbours are obviously doing pretty well. But anyone that's been a Wednesday fan or a United fan for long enough knows that we go through these periods where they're on top and then we're on top. Um, and actually, it's our own house that we've got to get in order right now. Has it been? As it must have been pretty tough for you. I mean, you Sheffield Wednesday were sort of up there, weren't they? Sort of around the Christmas period. And then it's been a, a run of poor form since then, really, that's seen you fall down to the table where you are now. And you've only won one home game in the last seven. Um, and now it is Man City, of course, coming to town. Is it, has it been tough? And also, you know, what what are the problems? What are you seeing that needs fixing in the future? Yeah, it, it is tough. Um, I, I think... The, 
the issues really stem from the fact that we're not entirely sure what the issues are, which is kind of the worst thing. I think if you can see a blatant problem on the pitch, then you kind of think, well, you know, if I can see it, then at least the manager will see it, the chairman will see it, they can fix it. But, um, you know, this is this is actually the same group of players who were third in the league at, at Christmas. Mm. And, um, you know, our, our fall from grace has been quite spectacular. Um, but actually, you know, there's been one or two players that have been out injured, but it, it, it does just feel like it's just completely fallen to bits. And there's no kind of logical reason for that to happen. But what it has done is, is, is probably um, kind of led to a, debate about where the club's going um, some of the things that are happening behind the scenes what the direction is, what the kind of the the, the medium to long term plan is and um, how we go about things like recruitment that um, y- you're able to kind of brush things like that under the carpet when you are third in the league but then when things aren't going so well then those discussions kind of fire back up um, and so you know we do find ourselves looking at the way that the club's going at the moment kind of feeling like we're sort of drifting a bit it's all a little bit aimless we don't seem to have a clear identity for what kind of club we want to be what kind of football we want to uh, play we've got a lot of players who are out of contract in the summer and there's a feeling that you know a lot of them know that they'll probably be on their way and, and, and actually there, there may be some who are pretty much at the, the end of their career when they leave Sheffield Wednesday so there's a kind of feeling the players some of the players don't really care and therefore you know that, that rubs off quite badly on the fans as, as well so it's not it's not been a pleasant place for the last mm. few weeks um, uh, unfortunately I kind of feel like it's probably going to get worse before it gets um, better. We, we've still got this EFL charge hanging over us. This season could take a very dramatic turn, um, and definitely not for the for the better. Um, depending what happens with that, so you know that's also a bit of a factor there. That all the time we know we, we, we won a game of football during the week, and that was three points that we that we needed. But there's this nagging thing at the back of your mind saying it might not actually matter. You know, the direction of this season might be taken out of our hands, depending on what happens with the uh, the EFL charge. So. All those things kind of jumbled together means that you know it's, it's just not a nice place at the moment. I mean, you talk there about the the identity of the of the club, James, and what and what it's all about now. And so, sorry to do it to you. It's more for the people listening. Obviously, you know, but to me, Sheffield Wednesday still feels like a big club, a club that I remember obviously being in the top flight, being my age. It, it, it has, however, been twenty years, hasn't it now since you since you're in the Premier League? So. You know yeah. what? What almost what is Sheffield Wednesday now for you? You know what? What should it be doing? Where? What is the weight that it should be punching? Where would you expect to see it with the resources that it's got right now? I mean, trying to be kind of fair about it because I'm a Wednesday fan and I'm biased. Um, you know, Wednesday's a club with a, a, a sizable fan base. Um, you know, we've, we've we've always had that that following um, and that loyalty that's that's there. It's a club with a lot of history. So, you know, I'd, I'd argue that you know, if places in the Premier League were given out on on merit, then Wednesday would be in with a good shout of of, of arguably being you know one of the the biggest twenty clubs in the country. But you know, it doesn't work like that, and we and we know that. And I think actually the the kind of the stigma that that thing almost like a monkey on the back of the fact that. There's a large group of our fan base that believe Sheffield Wednesday should be a Premier League club, but but maybe um, don't appreciate the fact that we've actually got to get things right and, and work to to get there. We don't have a given right to mm. be in the uh, in the Premier League. So yeah, I mean, I I I, I do believe that it, it's a it's a club. 
and you know, we look at other clubs in the Championship like Leeds and Forest and Derby. You would probably say, you know, they also have a, a pretty good claim at being, you know, among the biggest clubs in the in the country. Uh, but it's about winning football matches and not doing that. Yeah, well, I, I hope there is something to smile about for you, James, soon. Um, I'm sorry we couldn't have done a, a, a sort of brighter call around it all, really, but there's no polish in the situation you're in. But you never know. I mean, this is the, the second season in a row that Wednesday are facing the holders of the FA Cup. Even that sounds a little bit unlucky for you to get someone like that in the draw. But, you know, fingers crossed for you that there's something to smile about soon, mate. And thanks very much for joining us on the Anfield Wrap. Thanks, James. Uh, he's going to be saying a lot more interesting stuff about Sheffield Wednesday versus Man City than the three of us probably would we now um did either of you two watch the game the final last night yesterday afternoon that's it yes um i thought that aston villa gave them more of a game than most people were expecting do you think that that was maybe aston villa or maybe man city kind of turning down the power dan i i think they wouldn't have given them that much of a game if john stones hadn't fell on his ass um (laughs) I think I think the fact that it went back to two one, sort of City played within themselves a little bit after that, just because they knew that as long as they kept hold of the footy by and large, they were going to be all right. There was only that one chance at the end, wasn't there, when they hit the post, Villa? Yes. That City were really in in any danger whatsoever. I think if it had stayed at two nil, I think they might have done what they did to Watford in the FA Cup final and and ran up a bit of a cricket score. Um, they, they, I think they got the shape better, Villa, after a bit of a while. They they mm-hmm. helped the full-backs out a bit more because they were just getting done with that sort of diagonal ball from Gundogan over and over and over again, weren't they? Um, but yeah, it, 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 he was talking, wasn't he, today about the, the, the dominance. Is it, is it eight of the last nine domestic trophies they've won? Um, which is an incredible record, an incredible football team, um, and, and he's a brilliant manager, we all know that. Um, it, I, I am always interested, though, when he says stuff like that. He feels now, to me, a bit like... A bit like Mourinho, but he's really not funny. <laughs> so everyone used to be a bit more on board with Mourinho because he was he was in a weird sense, although he was really arrogant, he was slightly self deprecating in that he sort of knew yeah. that he was a pantomime was villain. Um and everyone everyone, even if you hated him and I mean we all hated him, didn't we when he was Chelsea manager, we still sort of look forward to him talking because it was entertaining, it was always entertaining, whereas Pep's got none of the laughs. But but all of the self righteousness, um, like you and 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 a few of the players have spoken about feeling like they're not respected enough by football fans mm-hmm. or not respected enough by the media and that kind of thing. Um, but the the thing that they want more than anything is is the European Cup, and I don't think I don't think any of them are that arse that they've won that trophy. Like we we, we could sit here and have a chat about whether we're arse that they've won it, but I don't think that's the interesting thing. I think the interesting thing is after you've won it so many times and you've seen that no one's bothered. Like when when the um, City fan went into the box, the, pre- the press box, and, and, and shouted about Salah after the FA Cup final, they know that no one really cares. Mm. Um, and they can't, so far, they can't have the one thing that they want more than anything. And then, in theory, if the pan isn't stopped, they're not going to be able to win it for, for, for two years in the future either. Um, so I, 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 I feel like they, their assault on the domestic cups is a bit of a... Is, is essentially a bit of a fuck you to everyone. I don't think they want to win it for their own happiness. I want to think it. I, I think they want to win it to spite everyone yeah, else yeah, in a really weird way, um, which in a sense I respect. <laughs> I respect anyone who, who, who just operates in football out of hatred for, for other people. <laughs> um, but I think I, I, I just I just don't imagine that that it's that much of a laugh in that dressing room. Mm. We haven't seen any clips or anything. I've seen so that one of the Gallagher's was in there again. Apparently, <laughs> I don't even know which one anymore. But I I just don't imagine that they find it actually that fun. 
Um, I hope they do because it'd be a shame if not. Well, there was but, that one clip of the kit man sliding on his belly, but I mean, he's a kit man, so they're mm. all a little bit detached mentally, aren't they? <laughs> Hello, if you're listening. Uh, Adam, uh, Phil Foden was named man of the match in the final and he had a very good performance. Um, he's someone else who has been kind of a stick to beat Pep with in as much as his development. Uh, is it going too slow? I think I saw he has nine goal involvements, goals or assists in his last 10 starts. Could this be the chance for him to maybe even get three starts in a row? As in he started the final, he'll start this FA Cup game and then maybe even the derby on Sunday. Yeah, maybe. I thought uh, uh, he was the feature of the first half, I suppose, wasn't he? Like the v- Villa struggled to pick him up. Um, he was kind of, you know, he was the... <clears throat> their 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 extra man and and um and it was always the pass before the pass. Uh, I don't know. I just I find them so dry. <laughs> I find them so dry. I was just gonna do. I was just gonna do dry mouth noises. I I, I am talking instead. But um yeah they they um this sort of sterile domination. It doesn't matter. And I've never been a massive fan of Pep Guardiola's teams really. Anyway, since he was since he was at Barcelona when he had Messi. But um they yeah they they. I, I suspect will be in the final of this. <laughs> so that's and, and and as I was saying to Dan before, I think I think if 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 somebody did a Wigan to them, it was Wigan that knocked them out, wasn't yeah. it? As well as beating them at the final. At this so, round two years ago. Yeah. So so if if Sheffield Wednesday did manage to to get a big home performance and and uh, and, and and do what Wigan did, then I think everybody would <laughs> would find the FA Cup a lot more exciting. Maybe even Man City fans. Who knows what those weirdos think. <laughs> 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 I don't know. They, they like they they, they 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 like booing the, the the main competition they're in. So maybe if they got knocked out, so they'd be happy. Really, really want to win, but also hate more than anything oh, on know. this earth. I know. But it's it, it, funny actually when you said that before about the city fan in the press box. It reminded me of that meme that somebody did of it's like the front of a paper and it's Mo Salah. I have a new hat. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then in the bottom, little Man City win a trophy. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. any of those city fans who were readers of the I newspaper probably wouldn't be very happy because they spent the whole of that. Um, match report talking about how CC don't deserve it yeah. so yeah it would have filled their fire a little bit more but I think we're right I think this is kind of the most futile of all of the, these round ties I'd say of the 16 teams still in at Sheffield Wednesday are probably the only one who really don't think that they've got any chance whether they want to win the game or not yeah. so um, I, I would say predictions at the end of this one but I think uh, from looking at you, we're going to be saying City are going to win three 0 City are going to win yeah. at least by three clear yeah, goals. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting round of cup games. Whatever happens with City, um, it'll be interesting to see how we watch it, when we watch it, and exactly who comes up. Obviously, we've not spoken about the most important game of the of the round in as much as Liverpool, but there's going to be plenty of other shows to talk about that. So a big thank you to Paul, to Joel, to James on the call and to Dan and Adam here in the studio with me. This has been The Monday Show. Sports Social Podcast Network.